0: Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehila Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, hear your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer. And we are studying the Torah portion. This week is a double portion. That's right, a double portion, the bonus package. Uh, and we are going to be studying Akari mot which means after the death, which can be found in the book of Leviticus, starting in chapter 16, verse 1, and ending at chapter 18, verse 30. And the second tour portion we'll be studying is kodashim which means holy people, which can be found in Leviticus chapter 19, starting at verse 1, and ending at chapter twenty verse 27. And so we're going to jump right in to question number one on your Torah questionnaire. What well, I want
1: to do, I want to read Leviticus 16, 1, right out of the gate here. Oh, let's do it. And the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered before the Lord and died. And so we're going to get into uh, this particular portion of scriptures or Torah portion uh, in regard to Uh, to the Day of Atonement. But before we do that, we need to reiterate once again that the book of Leviticus, uh, the theme is you shall be holy. It starts with consecration and it ends with consecration. Once again, chapters one through 17 is the way to God. It deals with redemption and the day of atonement. And of course, you know that we are in chapter 16. So we're still making our way to God. And then of course, chapters 18 to 27, we'll be getting into some of those is the walk with God, the restoration, and of course, the year of Jubilee. Also wanna remind all of you in this particular book, it is so named because it records the duties of the Levites, the hebrew name for the book the first word of the hebrew text means, and he called. This title is representative of the content and purpose of the book, namely the calling of God's people, and in particular the calling of the Levites to minister before him. This third book of Moses is a primer for the moral and ethical instruction of the chosen people of God. So here we go. We're going to get right into this. Mote uh, after the death of Leviticus 16, 1 through eighteen thirty. Once again, we are going to be looking at the Day of Atonement here. So could Aaron, the high priest, go into the holy place anytime he wanted in Leviticus 16, 2? Absolutely not. No, he could not. The holy of holies? was a place that you could only go into once a year, and that was only the high priest. Once again, this is going to send a message uh, and a reflection. So what two offerings did Aaron have to do on the Day of Atonement? Leviticus 16.3. This is going to be a
0: sin offering and a burnt offering.
1: These are the two offerings uh, on the Day of Atonement from Aaron. Uh, Was Aaron commanded to wear special garments for the Day of Atonement? He was. He sure was. Uh, It was all linen, all cotton, uh, none of this breastplate and all this other stuff. He had to wear uh, all white. Uh, In Leviticus 16.5, what were the children of Israel to bring as a sin offering and a burnt offering?
0: Uh, So the first thing uh, was going to be two kids of the goats for a sin offering and then one ram for a burnt
1: offering. So once again, you have the two kids of the goats for a sin offering, we'll break that down, and, and then we also have a ram for a burnt offering. So it was Aaron to make atonement for himself in Leviticus 16.6? 6.
0: Yeah, so he had to make atonement for himself first before he could make atonement for others, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Which is a good which is a good point. We, we have to get our character right, we have to get ourselves right before oh, yeah. we start ministering to oh, others. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, yep. you know, every, every priest uh, needed a sacrifice. Uh, the only perfect person was Yeshua. That's right. The great high priest. So in Leviticus sixteen eight, what was Aaron to do in order to determine which goat was the sin offering?
0: Uh, well, he would cast lots, which is kind of like playing dice, or
1: he would cast lots. Yeah. And so, what was the other uh, goat called in Leviticus sixteen ten? The scapegoat, which in Hebrew is Azazel. That's right. And so, once again, just a reminder for all of you that are listening to this podcast: if you look at the book of Enoch, it's a very interesting book. Uh, it's not considered uh, canon in that regard, but but I, I just want to say that there's a lot of interesting uh, things in the Book of Enoch. One of them is that the chief demon, uh, his name is Azazel. Uh, very interesting. And so he is, of course, found in the Book of Enoch. And the scapegoat's name is Azazel, and he is, of course, the chief demon. And where did Aaron send the scapegoat in Leviticus
0: 16.10? Uh, the scapegoat was sent into the wilderness.
1: Into the wilderness, into the wilderness. And uh, what did Aaron have in his hands that was finally beaten and brought within the veil in Leviticus sixteen <clears> twelve? <throat> sweet incense, sweet
0: smelling. Sweet
1: incense. So what does the altar of incense represent? Uh, it's the prayers of the saints, Amen. It's the prayers of the saints, and we are to pray without ceasing. And I'm telling you, uh, if ever we needed to pray, it is today. What did Aaron do at the mercy seat in Leviticus 16:14 and 15? Once again, what did Aaron do at the mercy seat? Uh, this is the seat above the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. What did he do? Uh,
0: so he would take the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward seven times and bring the blood of the goat of the sin
1: offering for the people
0: and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat.
1: Very good. I'm going to have, uh, Ryan's going to read, uh, once again, this is the application of the blood upon the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, Ryan's going to read to you Leviticus 16.16. All
0: right, and so it says here in 16.16, And he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel, and because of their transgressions in all their sins, and so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness.
1: And there he is, he shall make atonement for the holy place. Notice the two goats, one goat is offered up as a sacrifice for the holy place because it was contaminated. And by the way, let me remind all of you that we are having the Day of Atonement here in our, in our Torah portion because the, the, the Day of Atonement was given because of the golden calf incident. So not only was the holy place unclean, but then the children of Israel uh, had their transgressions, their sins. Uh, that they had committed and this is Leviticus 16:16. 16, 16. So once again you have the two goats. one is Azazel the scapegoat, uh, which will be uh, led into the wilderness. We'll look at that and then of course the other goat uh, actually uh, would be offered up in of course for the tabernacle. So was any man allowed in the tabernacle of the congregation when Aaron made atonement in the holy place, Leviticus 16:17. No, no Aaron was the only one, the high priest. Nobody was allowed in the tabernacle of the congregation when Aaron made atonement in the holy place. So they're all outside in anticipation of this. It's pretty amazing. Question number 13 uh, What was applied to the horns of the altar to make atonement for it in Leviticus 16, verses 18 and 19? And it should have been the blood of the bull, uh, the bullock, and the goat. The blood of the bullock and the goat. Very good. Uh, and what was confessed over the scapegoat in Leviticus 16, 21? All the iniquities of the children of Israel. So, he, what, he places so the one goat's on offered him. up for the place. Yep. To, to, the place was contaminated and to make it clean. Just like we want to keep our church clean, right? We want to have a right spirit in there. And then, of course, the other goat, uh, uh, all the iniquities of the children of Israel were put upon that scapegoat, which is called Azazel. Right. In Leviticus 16.22, uh, was the land where the priest sent the goat inhabited or uninhabited?
0: Uh, so it was uninhabited, and I guess was it was a tradition that says that they would push him off a cliff or whatever, because right. you didn't want him, like, wandering back into the camp. <laughs> right, that's a good point. That's, that's a good the Azazel!
1: Point. Yeah, Mount Azazel, you know, where they take the goat and they push it off, you know, yeah. and actually met its death, uh, from my understanding. Uh, we could we could research that. But what I find interesting is, of course, that to an uninhabited area. Uh, this brings to mind in Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45, Uh, It says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, Hmm. or uninhabited places, seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from where I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. So the unclean spirit returns. We know there's 17 works of the flesh. Galatians 5:19 through 21. One of them is uncleanness. And so the three things that are contaminated, we know, are skin, clothing, and homes. And so these are the areas that we want to clean up in our life, and I find it interesting that uh, we're going to be getting into familiar spirits and different things here here in the Torah portion, but um, I find it uh, very interesting in the fact that, you know, these familiar spirits need a host. I call them squatters. They like to take residence. They like to just disrupt your personal life in the kingdom of God, and we got to go after those squatters and get them out And pray and and believe, because I believe that deliverance is part of the preparation of the bride. And so we're going to move on here.
0: Well, and, and this idea of clean and unclean is repeated over and over and over again. And so we have kind of thrown it to the side because of just mentioning, oh, well, Jesus makes all things new. He makes all things clean, which is true. But the physical and the spiritual mirror each other, and we absolutely need to understand the principles of clean and unclean because they're, they're vital to
1: our daily it's a, lives. It's definitely got to be a contrast. So, right. so think about this. So what did the person who let the scapegoat go in the wilderness have to do before coming back into the camp Leviticus sixteen twenty six. He had to wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in water. Now, once again, that's a ceremonial law. That's not going to hurt anybody. That's right. not going to hurt anything. Okay? Oh yeah, take a bath. And so we can that see you're that, under you the know? law. <laughs> and so uh, in Leviticus sixteen twenty nine, on what day does the Day of Atonement fall?
0: This is going to be in the seventh month, uh, the month of Tishri, on the tenth
1: day. So once again, the Day of Atonement is to what? To, to cleanse the place and the people. Right. Uh, so without the golden calf incident, Ryan, we wouldn't even have a Day of Atonement. Right. You would literally blow the shofar in the seventh month on the first day, and then, of course, we would have, uh, after that uh, period of time, uh, going into the... Uh, the Feast of uh, Tabernacles. Yeah, the Feast of Tabernacles in Tishri, uh, the seventh month. So, well, so and, very interesting. So there's eight... Sabbath so we count Sabbath and the and the feast days. There's a total of eight, and if you take out the Day of Atonement, we would have seven, which is completion. But because they made a mistake, we needed corporate forgiveness not because of the golden calf.
0: Right, and from prophetically speaking, these these days, right. So we're we've we've been through Shavuot, right. We have the Torah, we have the Holy Spirit, um, and so we know the spring feasts have been fulfilled, and then we're going into the fall feast, and so we're looking forward to the trumpet sounding. And we're looking forward to the judgment being meted out on the Day of Atonement. Absolutely. And so we're looking forward to the Marriage Supper of the Lamb um, at, at Tabernacles. And so we're looking forward yeah. to all these things. And,
1: and, and so the Day of Atonement's important that we understand that this is the way to God. Uh, right. It's in the seventh month on the tenth day, the Day of Atonement. Should you work on this day in Leviticus sixteen twenty nine? No. No. There's no work on this day. It's a one-day event. And uh, That's
0: another thing. Oh, you're under the law because you're not working.
1: Uh Wait, so well, I I got to take a day off? But see, the, the whole thing with people trying to discredit the, the Torah, the teachings and instructions, is the simple fact that they don't want to follow it. So this is why well, it's rebellion. we, we as people that are grafted into the olive tree or the commonwealth of Israel, we know that this, this is God's constitution. The Torah has even been said it's the mind of God. And so God doesn't change. We know there's a progressive revelation, but God doesn't change. But I'm going to have Ryan, he's going to read it in regards to Atonement, Leviticus 16.34. All right, so...
0: And there's some there's a big word in here, you know, so uh, everlasting. So and it says this, and this shall be an everlasting statute unto you to make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded
1: Moses. So here we go. Everlasting statute unto you, to make an atonement for the children of Israel. Someone said that word is atonement, it's at one mm. At one because we serve a holy, holy God. Now we're going to get into the, uh, actually this word is blood slaughter. And and this is what's going to happen here, because we're in Leviticus 17. And chapters 1 through 17 is, of course, continuing on the way to God. I know this is redundant, but you need to understand this. Once you understand this and you repeat this and you get this in your spirit, uh, you're going to have a greater understanding than most people would have walking the earth today. Well, and they
0: say that a good rabbi repeats himself. And if Yeshua, being the author of the
1: Torah, is the best rabbi... And he's repeating himself. You've you got to repeat it. So let's you know? look at this. What would happen to the person who did not bring his sacrifice to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation in Leviticus seventeen four?
0: Booted out, man. He'll be shall be cut off from among his people.
1: And there you go. Uh, was blood allowed to be eaten in Leviticus seventeen ten? <coughs> Which I'm not too mad about. Blood was not yeah. allowed to be eaten. No. And we're gonna we're gonna understand why. Why can't blood be eaten? Leviticus 17, 11, Ryan.
0: Uh, Well, here we go. It says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that
1: maketh an atonement for your soul. There you go. So, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Now, uh, Leviticus 17.15, would you be considered unclean if you ate something that died by itself?
0: Uh, Yes. You would be
1: unclean. And once again, there's another reference here for that Leviticus 17.11, as far as atonement. It's Hebrews 9.22.
0: Oh, it's one of my favorite verses, because it pairs with this one, right? For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and then it says um, that without the shedding of blood... There's, There's no, no remission, remission
1: of, of sins. Absolutely. Now, as we've looked at uh, Leviticus 16 in regards to the Day of Atonement, I just need two people that's listening right now to get excited. I'm going to count <laughs> Ryan and I. Now, we, we, we just went into chapter 17. Uh, okay, and 17 is the, is the blood slaughter. Now now we're going to get into, we're crossing over, we're taking God's hand, and we're going to walk with God, because we are in... And he says, come we, with me
0: if you want to live.
1: <laughs> that's it. We are in Leviticus 18. And of course, uh, verses 6 through 18, we have uncovering nakedness here. and In and, and verse 1 through 30, there's just a lot of uh, you know uh, things that should not be done and, and practiced. And so does the Lord forbid incest? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, could you lay with a woman that was unclean? Leviticus eighteen nineteen. Nope. No, you cannot lay with a woman that was unclean. Uh, Levit- Leviticus eighteen twenty. Does the Lord prohibit human sacrifice? Yes, He does. He, he does. prohibits human sacrifice. Um, Leviticus eighteen twenty-two. Does the Lord forbid homosexuality? He does. Yes, the unnatural love there, uh, Leviticus eighteen twenty-two. The Lord forbids uh, homosexuality. I didn't write it. I didn't make up this commandment. Uh, this is from God, and so we have to we have to take it uh, at His word. So uh, in Leviticus eighteen twenty-three. You now this is the depravity of man that they would even stoop this low. Uh, does the Lord forbid bestiality?
0: He does. You know, you know what's interesting about these verses that covers it. We're we're giving you know kind of categories to some some sections of verses. Uh, but the Lord explains these sins in explicit detail that we're not going to go into. Right. To where there's no question.
1: Absolutely. And, and we're just topically kind, kind of going over the Torah here because we believe it's God's constitution. We believe the Torah is coming back. Yeah. It was never lost. It was never, it was never really done away with. Uh, and so we are excited to get people to start reading the Torah and discussing it. And uh, it's exciting. So I'm going to have uh, Ryan read Leviticus 18.25.
0: Yep, yep, and, and here's, the, uh, here's the result of these forms of iniquity, and it says in uh, 1825, And the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants.
1: And just a reminder for everyone in regards to the land of Israel and the Jewish people living there, you know, the things that, that Yahweh is going to begin doing in the future here, it's going to be for his namesake. His name is on the line. That's right. He allowed the state of Israel to be formed, and uh, we'll be celebrating that this this weekend. But but the bottom line is we're celebrating 70 years as a nation of Israel. And so now we're going to look at, uh, as we move on into uh, chapter 19 of uh, the Torah portion, Kedeshim Holy People. It's Leviticus one three. 2027 20, oh yeah let's do it uh, and of course i am the lord remember that i am the lord i am the lord so why did the lord want the children of israel to be holy in leviticus 19 too? it says because he is holy he is holy you know in revelation they sing holy 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 you know, holy, holy, holy. Can you just? I mean, you know, where can we go where where it's holy? Where can we see things that are holy? It's, it's 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 like it's it's ambiguous. It just slips through our hands. We we want to see holy. We want to be in holy. You know. And so I think it's incredible that we we serve a holy Creator, a holy God. And so uh, Leviticus nineteen five. We're moving on with even some more sacrifices. Was the peace offering <clears throat> given of that person's own free will? Yes, he, yes, he, was, he was
0: forgiven much.
1: Loves much. So, you know, that's the only offering that the offerer can eat of is the peace offering. Uh, There are five sacrifices. Three of them are voluntary. Burnt offering, meal offering... Uh, or the meat offering, and then, of course, the peace offering. Those are all voluntary. Now, as far as a a trespass offering or a sin offering, those are mandatory. We have to have a sacrifice, and and, and that's very interesting. Where is your sacrifice? Great question. We believe it's Yeshua once and for all. Uh, Question number three in Kedushim, holy people. uh, What was to be done to the corners of the field in Leviticus 19.9? As we are, of course, in the counting of the Omer, this is relevant.
0: Uh, thou shalt not wholly reap the
1: corners of thy field. And Ryan, what would those corners be for?
0: Uh, well, they were a form of provision for the poor and the stranger. So you would leave them for people to come and glean from
1: your wealth. Wow. Isn't that consideration? Yeah. What consideration is that? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Uh, Leviticus 19.10, does the Lord command some form of provision for the poor and the stranger? We just answered that question. Yeah, of yes. Course, yeah. Absolutely. Uh Leviticus nineteen, thirteen. Does the Lord say that it is okay to defraud your neighbor in certain circumstances? Well, only if it really suits you. You cannot <laughs> defraud your neighbor. Okay, no. You're not allowed to defraud. You know, me. it's so interesting. But who's that, your neighbor? But but this Ryan, I'm telling you, these Torah portions are so great. For those of you that are listening, yeah, and, and, and let me tell you something. I've learned this a long time ago. The Torah portions are prophetic. Oh, so absolutely. here I am this morning, yep. and I'm waiting for Ryan. And all of a sudden, uh, this car pulls up and we're, we're getting a tree removed off the property that uh, had fallen. And thank God no one was hurt. But, but I'll tell you, the, the, the guy that lives behind the church, he came and he, of course, visited. And he came up to me and he, he wanted to, to see if he, we could actually, you know, uh, do some, uh, you know, some landscaping along the, our, our property line there. And here's my neighbor. You know, and so I, I got to be kind to my neighbor. So we shook on it and everything, and we're going to take care of it. And he wants to keep his yard nice and everything. But I, but I think it's so interesting that, you know, if I just blew him off, you know, I think I would defraud him.
0: Well, that would be a bad so witness. If, if I
1: told him I'll take care of that, then I got to have integrity. Because yeah. it's really bothering him in, in, in the property line. And so I, I find it incredible. And always remember
0: it's not about witnessing, it's about being a witness.
1: That's it, being a witness, you know. And so, how were the children of Israel to judge their neighbor? In Leviticus nineteen fifteen, in righteousness, in righteousness, I am going to go into Leviticus nineteen sixteen. Ooh, Ooh I um, got it right here. I just, I just want to. I think there is a few verses here that I'd like to look into. I don't know. Leviticus nineteen, yeah, you don't want, sixteen. You don't it be it actually busybody. says here, "Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people; neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor." I am the Lord. Wow, 1916. Thou shalt not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. You know, we have this uh, two-word saying, fake news. See, sometimes we'll hear something or we think something, and what happens, it's not even true. And then we put it on social media, we put it on our Facebook page, and next thing you know, that's hard to retract. And that could stick with somebody for a long time. So once again, get the facts straight. Once again, everything established with two or more witnesses. And, and be careful what, what you what you what you share out there. And it goes on to say in verse 17, Levit- Leviticus 19: Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart, thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Mm. And then, of course, we can go into uh, verse 18. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Wow. See, don't have a grudge. Don't exchange evil for evil, you know. Uh, Even here at the church, a lot of situations can happen and stuff, but we don't want to have grudges. And uh, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Some of you don't love yourself. You need to give yourself a hug you need to say, hey, you the man or you the woman. <laughs> and be encouraged because, you know, you, you're made in the image of God. And, and, and you have to, you need to love yourself. It's very important. So we're going to move on to Leviticus 19.19. 19. Could you mingle seed when sowing in your field? Nope. 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 In other
0: words, you can't have like corn and wheat in the same field. You don't want to sow them together. You want to want to have separate fields.
1: Right. Uh, in Leviticus 19.19, 19, once again, could a garment be worn that was mingled with linen and wool? Nope. You know, it's interesting as you look at this, Ryan. It, it's in reflection of, of allowing your skin to breathe. You know, a lot of these patterns and and, and clothing that we wear, um, or styles or whatever, it's like it's like you know, um, material wise, it doesn't allow your skin to breathe. Right. And and that's what you want. You want to be because it could actually be like a negative. They call it like a negative energy or like uh, it could you know with 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 the way. Uh, were created that your skin needs to breathe. Getting into some good things now in Leviticus 19.23. When the children of Israel were to go into the land and plant all manner of fruit trees, how long were the trees considered uncircumcised? Uh, three years, according to 19.23. So three years. And uh, we're going to get into some relevant stuff now that we're actually looking forward to uh, in Leviticus 19.25. In what year could they eat of the fruit trees they had planted? Uh, this is going
0: to be in the fifth year.
1: In the could, fifth year. Yep. So, Ryan, we're going to be celebrating uh, five years in our sanctuary, the the fruition of our vision of Bait to Heal and everything, on September 21st, 2018, uh, in our new sanctuary. And guess what? We're going to have the fruit. We're going to be able to say we've been here five years. There you go. So I'm excited about that, and it's leading up to something great here. Uh, moving on. Once again, we're we're now we're walking with God. We we made our way. Now we're walking because we're in Leviticus 19. Uh, Does the Lord speak against the use of enchantment or divination? He does. He
0: does. He does. Yes, he speaks
1: against enchantment, divination, and the occult. Once again, there is no atonement in the occult. They have no atonement whatsoever. There's no redemption. Well, and it it, it pairs
0: this with the eating of what says, "Ye shall not eat anything with with the blood. Neither shall ye use enchantment nor observe times." And so. you know, it's kind of pairing three things together, eating of blood, enchantments, and uh, observing of times, which is specifically
1: talking about the occult. And that's interesting, you know, as you would use the flip side of the eating the fruit of the trees in five years. And, of, of course, you, then you have this occult uh, activity going on. Uh, Leviticus 19.28, does the Lord forbid the printing of any marks upon the skin like tattoos? Yes, and some of us have done this in ignorance. We, we got tattoos and didn't know any better or whatever, but the Bible does speak against tattoos. So yeah. uh, that's something the, you need to the, really pray about. The you know?
0: controversy is over the specifics on the verse about cutting yourself for the dead, putting tattoos on yourself. And what's interesting is, is whether or not you're okay with tattoos, how many people do you see out there that have a tattoo rest in peace or in memory of and a picture of somebody and like the date they died or something like that? Uh, which is the commandment not to do. So well,
1: anyway, the yeah. thing about it, Ryan, is like I said, we, we've all made mistakes. Absolutely. And, and we need to look at it just in, in, in an understanding way. You know, there's no condemnation, but, but just to get revelation. So uh, we move on to Leviticus 1931. Uh, is it permissible to have a familiar spirit or seek after a wizard? Uh,
0: no. No, Familiar spirit. Not. That's
1: right. Once again, a familiar spirit uh, would be a spirit that would actually uh, want to lead you away from the Holy Spirit. That's right. So just think about it. You know, is there a spirit that's leading you away from the Holy Spirit? Right. In and popular, it's familiar with you. It's familiar with you. It knows you. Yeah, in popular
0: culture... Is desensitizing us to things like witchcraft, wizardry, a white witch. the undead, the white witch, you know, things like that. Um, that you know, all these stories that uh, want you to feel bad for the villain and and sympathize or empathize with the villain and things like that.
1: Yeah, and like I said, you know, Not uh, good the punishment for the occult is always death. Yep. Um, and and they're the ones that that brought in the divination. They're the ones that brought in uh, you know astrology and everything. So you know. Um, Moving on and and uh, looking at our elders, uh, Leviticus nineteen thirty two. Are we to honor the face of an old man and fear God?
0: Yes, to their face we are to fear fear God. Yes. and honor the old
1: man. You you need to honor your elders. We've got an interesting right. thing playing out here at Beit Tahila. You know, we, we we would say probably more than one third of our congregation is uh, youth and children and, and babies and things, and so. Uh, we, we need to take care of our elders, and uh, they make up a good percentage as well, and they keep the, uh, they keep the boat afloat. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Uh, Leviticus 19, 33 and 34. I'm going to have Ryan read that in regard to the stranger.
0: Here we go. Uh, and if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. That's you know, like, comforting. I like When you're going
1: that. into like a business establishment or something, you're walking up, somebody's walking along at the same time. I remember I had little Eva on my hand, and I opened up the door for the lady. She she saw I had a little child, one of them, and he'd go in. I said, no, you go in, you know, uh, you know, being uh, good to the stranger. Uh, Leviticus 19.36, I'm going to read this to you. Just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hen shall ye have. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Mm. <clears throat> Once again, you don't want to be cutting corners. You don't want to be cheating, and uh, all these interesting things. This is the this is the walk with God. Now we got to start eliminating all these things. If you want to walk with God, you got to get rid of these things. So, uh, Leviticus twenty, verse two. What would be the penalty for anyone who gave their seed to Molech? Ooh, stoned to <clears throat> death.
0: <clears throat> Once again, offering
1: death. up your children to this fire god. Uh, you know, uh, Moloch.
0: And this know. is an interesting punishment because it's a very public punishment that the, the group, you know, as a whole has to participate in. And so it was definitely a deterrent.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Ryan, if you could read Leviticus 20, verse 9, in regards to honoring mothers and fathers.
0: For everyone that curseth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him.
1: You know, this is the only commandment with a blessing, right? Honor your mother and father that you may live long in the land. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this little saying, you know, the parents can say, hey, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. So honoring of parents is important. You know, uh, I know there's a reference in Timothy's uh, to the letter of Tim to Timothy from Paul in reference to children would become disobedient to parents. And we're seeing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. We're seeing children ruling the home and the parents when, in fact, the parents should be ruling the home, right uh, but that's another subject for another time. Leviticus chapter twenty, verse ten. If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, were they to be put to death?
0: Yes, and I guess that does away with the the thought of uh, divorce, right, for for infidelity. Well, I mean, if
1: a man commits adultery with another man's wife, were they to be put to death? They, the, the both parties. Both parties, yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, if a man were to lie with his daughter-in-law, what would it bring in Leviticus 20, verse 12?
0: Confusion.
1: Once again, we want to walk with God. It brings confusion.
0: Right, because with God, there is no confusion.
1: and um, God is a God of order. This stuff is a little risque, I know. Leviticus 20, verse 14, it's got to be talked about. You know, so many people watch HBO and Showtime. That's exactly what we're, we're looking at here a little bit. A little version of, wow, you know, this is pretty, pretty, pretty intense. Uh, what would happen to the man who took a wife and her mother? Leviticus 2014. Burnt with fire. Burnt with fire. Just inappropriate relationships. Does everybody see this? God does not want us to have inappropriate relationships. Okay, uh, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 18, and and believe it or not, a lot of these people don't even know these things. You would read this and people would think, oh, really? I'm not supposed to do that? Yes, you're not supposed to do that. If a man were to lie with a woman having her sickness or a monthly period, uh, what would happen to the two of them in Leviticus 20, verse 18? Uh, They shall be cut off from among the people. Once again, God is trying to show you a contrast between clean and unclean. So, when a woman is on her cycle, her monthly cycle, uh, she's unclean. She's going through uh, a, a ceremonial uh, uncleanness, a, a cleansing right there. Uh, let's look at uh, Leviticus 20 uh, in verse 23. Ryan, if you could read that.
0: I can. It says, And ye shall not walk in the manners of the nation which I cast out before you. For they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them.
1: So don't do as the nations are doing. Don't do as the world does. Well, and don't be surprised be that you see world, it. Be in the world, but not around, of the world.
0: Yeah, don't be surprised that you see it going on around you, and don't let yourself be desensitized. Right.
1: So we're finishing up here. Leviticus 20, uh, verse 24. Did the Lord promise the children of Israel a land that flowed with milk and honey? Oh, yes. You yes, know, yes, I love did. this, because, you know, in the morning I had my milk and my You coffee. love milk and honey. That's Hot true. half and half. A brevet, they call it a brevet. Steamed milk. I love that in my coffee with, with the sugar, okay? But then later on in the day... Early evening. I like my honey in my Earl Grey tea, and um, you and John and Luke. It's Picard. the land of milk and honey. I, yeah. I like that. Let's look at uh, Leviticus chapter twenty, verse twenty-four. Ryan, check it out, people. It says, "I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people." You know, uh, as you are of course, separated for God as his child, you'll notice that Torah will separate you. Oh, yeah. Because you choose right to, to follow the Torah. The phenomenon, Ryan, is that in Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8, after those days, I'll write my Torah on minds and hearts. So together we can experience this, but this isn't for everyone. And see, what's happening, Ryan, is that the stage is being set up for the lawless one. Right. So who is the lawless one but the seed seed? of Satan, the Antichrist himself, who, by the way, will be thrown into the lake of fire. He is the lawless one, the progeny of Satan. Satan's bound for a thousand years and then he's loose, but we won't get into all that. But once again, I want to tell you that we are living in lawless times. It's a free for all. So when you feel like, hey, I don't fit in and all this, praise God, raise your hands and rejoice and yield your body to God because he doesn't want you to be like everybody else. Amen. So... Let's look at Leviticus twenty twenty five. Does the Lord want his people to distinguish between what is clean and unclean?
0: Yes. Yes. The Lord wants us to distinguish between clean and unclean. And, and this
1: is even regards to food, the dietary laws. Something that's clean, something is unclean. Well, we Come all, on, somebody. But
0: we always hear people wanting to be holy, wanting to be set apart. If you don't understand clean and unclean, you will never understand what it means or what it takes and to be holy. And it's a choice. This is, is a
1: choice. If you sow... Choose this lifestyle, then so be it. I think it's incredible, you know. But those that are critical of it aren't even going to, in fact, walk it out. That's right. Uh, Ryan's going to read Leviticus chapter twenty, verse twenty-six. I love it. It
0: says, "And ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have severed you from other people, and ye shall be
1: mine." Severed. There's no ligaments attached. Why are we to be clean? No, nothing attached. Why do we go through all this? I've severed you, so we can be His. So we can be His, though. And, And this is the interesting thing, Ryan. This just came. To my mind, and we'll just close it out with this uh, Leviticus twenty twenty seven. What would happen to someone who had a familiar spirit or who was a wizard? Stoned to death. So think about the punishment for the occult, just like Harry Potter's just one hour from here, Islands of Adventure. You know, Universal Studios. And and and, and oh, but you know, that's harmless. Occult, you you are not you are not allowed to to, to live. Uh, that's the punishment, right? But I want to encourage you you all in, in closing here on my last thought. You don't fit in. It's okay. That's right. Find a group of people that that are having the Torah written on their minds and their hearts, and in love, ex- ex- experience this incredible opportunity. Because what's happening is, and this is as I look back now in hindsight, everything that we've been doing at Beit Tehillah is to prepare us. And I'm saving the best for last, everyone. You've gotten this far in the podcast. Uh, we've we've kind of went over, but here's 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 the whole enchilada right here. Here is the icing on the cake. There is a reconciliation happening between Ephraim and Judah, between Mm -hmm. Jews and non-Jews right now all over the world. And it's ours for the taking. It's ours for the taking. And Jews are extending their hand to Christians. And there's a reconciliation. And if we go back in time, we're talking about when the two houses were together. uh, We're looking at a thousand years before Christ came the first time. You look at King David, he ruled and reigned for 40 years. He gave the kingdom to his son, Solomon, uh, whose, of course, mother was uh, Bathsheba. But but here's the thing, he ruled for 40 years. After his reign, the kingdom was divided and God divided the kingdom. Now, if we really kind of do the math here, we're talking about, Ryan, listen to this, 2,900 years ago, there was, there was a break in the family. There was a division in the family. And Ryan, here it is, 2018, we're, we're, we're in 5778 in the Hebrew calendar, and we are seeing the restoration the regathering of the whole house of Israel. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on. This is incredible. See, everything we're doing at Beit Hila is for this reconciliation. Everything that we're following, everything that we're doing is for this incredible reunion that's going to happen. And I want to encourage you to be encouraged.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, you guys have uh, made it through a double portion with the bonus package, and now we have the bonus on top of the bonus. And because we had a double portion, we're going over a little bit today, uh, but hang in there because the next part is important. And so uh, we're going to count the Omer. Uh, Today is the 17th day of counting of the Omer. Uh, Just so you guys know, in the Hebrew calendar, the days start in the evening. And so here's the command from Leviticus 23, verse 15. It says, from the day after the Sabbath, The day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks. And so this is talking about the weekly Sabbath during the week of Unleavened Bread. So you have Passover and the week of Unleavened Bread. The weekly Sabbath that falls the next day or starting on Saturday night will be the first day of counting of the Omer. Uh, An Omer is a unit of measure. It's a tenth of an ephah of grain. And so when it refers to an omer, it's referring to bringing an offering uh, or counting out an offering. uh, And remember, we're counting up to 50, the word Pentecost, meaning 50. On the day after the Sabbath in the days of the temple, an omer of barley was cut down and brought to the temple as an offering. Uh, The counting is intended to remind us of the link between Passover, which commemorates the Exodus, and Shavuot, which commemorates the giving of the Torah. And it reminds us that the redemption from slavery was not complete until we received the Torah by the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. The counting also helps us to build up anticipation for Shavuot, for the giving of the Torah and the Holy Spirit. And the Omer is usually counted in the evening, and the following blessing is said. And so here's kind of the way it, it works. You'll see, so you'll say, like, today is 17 days, which is two weeks and three days of the counting of the Omer. And so if you were to do this tonight, you would count the 18th day after sunset. And then here's the blessing in Hebrew Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu. Melech Olam Asher Kid Shanu Bamitsvatav Al Sifarat Ha Omer, and in English, Blessed are you, Lord our God. King of the universe whose commandments add holiness to our lives and who gives us the command of counting the omer. Hallelujah. You just fulfilled the commandment of counting the omer if you did this along with us. Praise God. Uh, you guys, if you want to reach out to us, you can email me at Ryan at topraise.net. Ryan at topraise.net. You can reach out to the office at 813 654 Twenty two twenty two, and uh, you can also live stream our services every Shabbat, Saturday at eleven a.m. by going to, to praise.net and clicking on the live stream. And this week we have a very exciting week. If you guys live stream, we're going to be celebrating the seventieth anniversary of the establishment of the state of Israel, the declaration of of the state of Israel. So that's a very very exciting time. They're going to be celebrating all over the world at different places. Obviously, especially in Israel for the seventieth anniversary. I hope you guys, if if you're in the area, come and join us at 11 o'clock on Saturday. If not, join us online at topraise.net and we'll see you there. Have a great week.